0: You're listening to the American Indian Indigenous Peoples Truths, Justice for All, the most dangerous show on radio, WPFW 89.3 FM, Washington.
1: song of your soul let it soar on the wings of your spirit live the tune of your love so loud all the world will take notice and hear it the gift of your presence marks your place as a person of worth rejoice and be ever grateful for the days of your journey on earth lift yourself find your passion decide who you want and what want to become Create your life and move ahead. You are not defined by where you are from. The race of humankind is yours, not the boundaries of any one nation. Stand and shine in the light of who we are, and beloved and glorious creation. We are all brothers and sisters.
0: Since the beginning of over 600 years ago, we, those of us that are known as the American Indian or the Native American people, 600 years ago, approximately, we were invaded by European invaders, the uninvited guests. And since then, it's been hell on four wheels. We have had to deal with them bringing their diseases, their filth, their... Uh, Unwanting to take baths, Um, they brought their priests, their Bible, they brought their diseases, diseases like the common cold, which we had no immunity to, their viruses, their flus, and everything else of epidemic proportion that was foreign to us, people of the Western Hemisphere. My guest today is my kola, my brother, Alex Whiteplume. And I'm actually older than Alex. He was born in fifty two. I was born in forty seven.
2: <laughs> he, <is the>, oh. <laughs> he is I'll have to treat you with respect. <laughs>
0: Alex is the former vice president and president of the Oglala Lakota Sioux tribe of the Pine Ridge Reservation, located in South Dakota. He served as the president from June 30, 2006 to November 2006 after Cecilia Fire Thunder was impeached Alex is a close friend of mine he's an amazing human being and I'm honored to have an opportunity to introduce you to him and bring you to my radio show there was an interesting article there that...
2: oh, hey bro uh, hey. Oh, how, how cool talk. I'm so glad you called me to talk to, talk about this new illness that's taken over the whole world. And um here on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, our tribal members set up roadblocks on the on the roads coming in mm-hmm. because we don't have no virus yet. It's surrounding us. And so uh, the police went down there and they tore them down, uh, threatened them with arrest, so they all went home. But the people pressured the tribal council so they passed the ordinance to have blockades all around the roads. And um, they actually budgeted some money and they're paying people to uh, amend the blockade so that it won't take it away from our law enforcement people. So I was really proud of what people else, the people's actions are louder than words. So it scares me, but um, I'm glad that we we did do that for our sense of security. But uh, like UPS, uh, post offices, they're still going to be coming in. But um, me, um, I have a word I want to send out to the scientists? The scientists should be here in America, not the ones that are working for the government, but all the ones that are scientists, they should uh, start working at creating a way to get rid of this virus because it's like a little dust mite. It floats through the air and it's kind of heavy, so it just stays. And you go by and you breathe it in and it gets in your lungs and, and then you, you get real ill. Um, before contact with white man, we lived with the environment. So a mosquito would bite us and instantly in our mind we have the power to create an immunity to that. A bee sting, a snake bite, just different things. So we always lived in harmony with the nature. But they brought a civilization over here with Christianity and they called us heathen savages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lewis and Clark called us miscreant. I never figured out what that word meant way later. But uh, today everything's changed and nothing's ever going to be the same. Uh, The government's trying to keep the economy going, but uh, what if this disease lasts a year, Uh, that money's paper, so it's not going to be worth anything. So I recommend people uh, build candles and... Uh, kerosene lamps, whatever you can. Uh, right now, that's my recommendation to people
0: out there. Absolutely. And, you know, Alex, um, you know, we were very fortunate the way the Creator made us. And not just Indian people, but lots of indigenous people around the world, people in Africa and the Caribbean islands and places like that. You know, we were blessed with having this type O or type O plus blood. And we've been able uh-huh. to withstand. O
2: positive.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we've been able to withstand so many of the diseases uh, and the scourge that was brought to us. Uh, the first scourge that they brought to us was smallpox. And uh-huh. they were find, trying to find a way. That was
2: known to, as the first German warfare by the United States military.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and they, you know, they, they 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 pose as friends. Oh, we're going to give you blankets, uh-huh. we're going to give you blankets because it's getting cold outside. But unknowing to us, you know, being the trusting, loving people that we've always been, we accepted those blankets, and in those blankets, they place smallpox. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's that's just the way it is. Um, uh huh. What you're doing? What...
2: I, I want to share a story with you about Lewis and Clark. Modern times. Um, several years ago, Lewis and Clark were coming back across the country for a reenactment, and uh, I think those were their centennial. and And my wife and I said we can't let them come through the second time. The first time, Lewis and Clark were liars. They lied to us that they were going to leave and never come back. Instead, they made a map and opened up our country for disease and genocide, murder. And so uh, we went to Chamberlain, South Dakota, where their boat was coming into, and we formed a blockade. We didn't want them pass into our territory. They had to turn around and leave. And And so there's only about 23 of us went there. And I was just impressed because Russell Means heard what we were doing, so he pulled in to help us out. Anyway, uh there's 15 of the reenactors, and so they invited us to a meeting. And so we uh, we all had a meeting, and we all agreed who was going to be the ones to represent us, and I was one of them, and the women choose us. And so we uh, went, that circle went from 15 to 35. <laughs> 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 I said, look, I'm a military trained guy. I could tell around their belt, they had bulges where they had pistols. Mm-hmm. And I guess those were FBI agents and people there to defend the reenactors. And so we knew right away that they was overpowering us with guns and manpower, but we had a whole bunch of people there too because everybody else found out about this. So anyway, Clark stood up and he had a tommy hawk. The original Tommyhawks had a bowl in it and a, a long stem was drilled out so you could smoke with some smoked tobacco.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So he loaded it up and he offered me the (laughs) Tommyhawk. I was going to take it and throw it in the river, but I stood up and I rejected his smoke. I told him last time this happened, he brought disease. He brought genocide, murder. Genocide exists today. It continues today. And so I rejected his pipe. And I went and sat back down. So he sat back down. And my wife, Deborah, she brought a blanket over and she took it and she rubbed it on his arms and threw it on his lap. And she said, here, take your blankets and your diseases with you and leave. And when she threw the blanket <laughs> on him, he threw himself backwards. Just <laughs> was kind of a round fellow that kind of looks funny. So we all had a, a, a chuckle, you know. <laughs> so we said no the second time. And what we meant was that we're tired of this genocide. We want America to learn the history and own up to their misdeeds. Every country in the world had done so. And, uh, and we knew we had to change because we could feel the climate change. We used to be able to predict when it was going to rain, when it was going to snow, uh, when it was going to, the leaves would turn yellow and, and, uh, certain times we had to do certain things today. You can't really estimate cause everything's changed. And so we wanted to try to stop that and also apologize for the separation. I, uh, we wanted, what we wanted, we gave the message was with, with Lewis Clark. He's the one who we had first contact with in 1806 and the civilization that he brought and everything, we wanted that to stop because, yeah, Lakota territory, we only have 215 years of contact and our language. Everything is real, but we're accelerating into that melting pot and we're losing our ways. And, and we uh, especially didn't like all these diseases. And so that was the message we gave him, and uh, we kicked him the boat back, so they loaded it up in the semi-truck and hauled it back to California and hid it someplace where it was safe, I guess. So we did a good job. We picked the boat out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a strong message my wife gave to Lewis and Clark when Clark rolled over and made us all laugh, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you rejected the second invasion?
2: Yeah, yeah. We turned them around. We didn't let them pass to our territory. And, and it was a natural thing. Um, when we went there, word got out fast, and there were many tribes from all over. Just came to stand in solidarity with us, and that was just an amazing feeling. It happened all natural.
0: You know, Alex, by shutting down your reservation, uh, I understand that the Cheyenne River Sioux Chairman uh, Harold Frazier did the same thing. Uh-huh. Did the same thing, and I think that's probably yeah. that's wise that that happened. You know. Yeah. Keep whatever uh-huh. keep whatever this ease or whatever this virus is out of uh uh-huh, yeah. the, the people right and i
2: well, to I, us one of the things we're graceful for is that these uh people bringing drugs in mass uh, they could stop them at the borders now, so it's, uh uh-huh. it's I see it as a positive
0: oh absolutely, absolutely, and uh of course, there's no alcohol on the reservation, and that's great. And thanks to yeah, Russell, yeah. thanks to Russell Means and Dennis Banks, and all of those guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Alex, yeah. I read an article recently in the uh, the Native Business Magazine, and it says uh-huh. it says Hemp Warrior for Alex White Plume Sovereign Resolve is a finally paying off, and it also says all living things deserve respect. That's what you said. We plant. We uh-huh. will. We tell the plant, thank you, we're going to use you. After 1998, when Alex Whiteplume planted his first acres of hemp, thoughts kept him up at night. And he was thinking, are we doing the harvest ceremonies right? Are we singing the right songs? Can you explain to us, you know, that, that, that statement that you made about how it kept you up at night?
2: Yeah, we are. Uh, Our our culture started coming back probably about 1980, 81. Powwows were coming back and then in 86, 86 to 1990, 55 Sundances sprung up all within those five years. So our culture really came back strong and people just love and respect our language. And so in our language, it has to be, everything has to be respected according to the origin story for that purpose and so uh uh I'll give you an example, like uh the choke cherries that we eat yeah they they come from the west, the origin is from the west, and everything black originated from the west comes central towards us, and so we respect that for its purpose and and here this uh uh useful plant that uh we we use it for fibers, and I'll give you an example on what I usually do i I take a big bundle, I'll tie them together, I'll hang them in my shed, and I put a five-gallon bucket underneath them, and I cut the stems, and then I let it drain, and I make my own hemp milk. I mix it up. I have a certain mixture with it, and and so I just have respect for it, and total respect, and then oh, I kind of seen the hemp as the new buffalo. We used to use all parts of the buffalo, and here, a plant, we realized we could use all parts of it again. So, um, we have to respect all living. And if you know the origin stories, uh, then you totally respect the trees. And I have origin stories of some of these grasses, what they were for here. And of course, some of them were obnoxious grasses too, a little bit of their story. And I always make fun of my brother-in-law. He had like that plant over there, you know, (laughs) so it was important to me that we brought back the respect and there's rituals for it. And one of the things that we have as Lakota people and everybody must realize is we're a living culture and our ceremonies adjust to that environment at that time. And so we shift. And so it's important you understand the origin story and when these shifts happen. And right now we're shifting into using that plant. But uh, American government declared it as a heathen demon evil drug hemp, they included hemp in that, and it's in the same category as cocaine and meth and all these hard drugs, and so um, I just felt bad for that plant, but um, yeah, this is my third year on planting and harvesting, and I had good sales, and uh, our tribal ordinance is not recognized by most of the uh, major hemp buyers, all they recognize is state licenses, and we're in the mm-hmm. state of South Dakota and they, they, they ruled against it. They just legalized it last week, but this was when they were against it. And so I had a hard time convincing buyers that the Oglalas are uh, a sovereign nation. And the example of that is we want to allow no state police, state highway patrol across our territory. And if they do, they'll get arrested for trespassing. So we, uh, uh, we're one of the few tribes that still have that uh, so- sovereignty. And in my case, when I started growing since 98, I realized that sovereignty. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have no fear of going to jail. Uh, I, of course, I was kind of frightened when they threatened me with two terms, you know, to, to charge me twice, but I, uh, I just continued on and I proved our sovereignty over, over the uh, federal government and our treaty rights. And so all will today, I'm hoping that they stand sovereign because when uh, Trump signed that bill Uh, What it did was it elevated tribes equal to the states. So now we went from a quasi-sovereign to a sovereignty equal to the state. So uh, that was a great thing. And uh, I'm just worried that a lot of our people grew up through boarding school mentality that they might just continue on acting as wards of the government. And they won't do nothing until it's been approved seven, eight different ways. And then they'll take a step. It's time for us to start acting and and proving that we're real and we we, we should we have to do what we can and whatever means we can to save ourselves and hemp is a useful plant, it's a gentle plant, there's nothing wrong with it, yeah actually, all the cannabis is a good plant I, uh they shouldn't even have no laws against any part of it. And as tribal peoples, we could start fiddling it with it and go through ceremonies and find interpretations of certain things, and maybe we could create some magnificent new medicine uh, that can cure all instead of taking fifteen, twenty different kinds of pills as you get older. Absolutely. So that—that that was what I when I made that statement.
0: And you know, Alex, I was um, I was talking to my young man, that's like my adopted son. Uh, I think you know him, Mark Reno. Yeah. From the uh-huh. nominee, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, he's
2: my, I call him nephew.
0: Oh, good. So that means we are related.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> An amazing young man with a mind of uh, yeah. 50 different uh-huh. geniuses right inside his head. Um, Alex, yeah, yeah. so what, one of the things that I, I, I remembered was back in the 1960s and 70s. When you bought a pair of Levi jeans, you had those same jeans 20 years later, if you could still get in them. And and one one of the things I discovered was that hemp fiber was a part of the fiber that made those jeans. And hemp don't wear out. The United States Navy, even though the U.S. government has had this policy against hemp, the ropes that they tie their big ships, their battleships, aircraft carriers, up to dock, yep. are made out of hemp. Right. So it's a. It's in cool. 19, I think in 1910, uh, the United
2: States military brought 10 German scientists and stationed them in Omaha, Nebraska, and it was their role to create a super fiber plant. So they were they were planning the war in 1944, way back in 1910. And so they did create a super fiber plant that we use today and, and, uh, uh, hemp depositories at Fort Collins, Colorado, and there's not one hemp seed in it. That should be a matter of national security, but nobody respects him. And so, um, uh, that's where most of the seeds that we got here to start came from. And, I uh, well, meet, the meet the, uh, national laws and, um, high CBD content for the medicinal quality. Absolutely. Yeah, anywhere from Omaha, Nebraska, that's where the railroad was, all the way up to Fort Collins. So there's natural hemp that just goes along the railroad on on ranches and farmland. Those people don't know it, but they're on a gold mine. They just have to switch to uh, always using chemicals, destroying the earth, to start using something natural that you don't have to use pesticides to make it grow.
0: Yeah, and um, I, I, I'm, listen, I'm reading something right now in the same article that I want to bring to your attention and attention to my listeners. It says his concern about cultivating hip while honoring Lakota tradition turned into a living nightmare between 2000 and 2002 when dozens of U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration DEA agents raided his hemp fields on Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota. Descending with weed whackers, they chopped the towering plants to the base of their stalks and ripped others up from the roots. It gave us PTSD. It shocked us, White Plume said. They called it eradicating to us. It was theft of our property. Little did the agents know, the violent assault shook loose new seeds. The DEA successfully planted, replanted our field for us. We call it now a DEA FBI hemp field, and used it as a tourist attraction for a while. People had a good laugh about it. So they thought they were doing you a great injustice. At least you thought, you know, the people on Pine Ridge thought it was a great injustice. But what they did, they just made it fertile for the next growing season. Uh, how how long has it yeah, yeah. how, how long has it been, Alex, since they since they they uh, stopped attacking your plants? Uh, since
2: two thousand three was the last year. Um, after that, we were under a lifetime restraining order never to grow hemp for fifteen years. And just about four years ago, a couple of U.S. attorneys resigned from their jobs because they knew I was getting a raw deal, and they took my case and they had the restraining order rescinded, which was uh Really got a lot of uh, Americans look bad around the world because people heard about this. How can you get a lifetime restoring order not to grow hemp? You know, it's a gentle plant. (laughs) So, yeah, I remember that. That was was some tense times. Uh, It was was those three years from 2000 to 2003. I'd get up early before sunlight and I'd watch my road to... See, there's going to be 10, 15 shiny vehicles coming up towards my house. You know, (laughs) it was that serious. But all the support I got from the original hemp people uh, really brought me through. Plus, I had a solid family. My little brothers, my sisters, my wife, they all were solid, sovereign people. And and so the Lakota language kept me sane. Because in Lakota language, uh, there's no such thing as evil. There's no such thing as ghosts, you know. Going to attack you everything has a spirit, and you could sense them. But but that people don't know that they believe in the Catholic way, and all of a sudden they believe in the devil, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I always call all my brother-in-laws devils, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Alex, we're um, we're going to take a break right now and come back and talk to you again. Uh, And I would like for you to think on something that we can talk about when we come back, and that's the missing and murdered indigenous women. I know you have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Okay, so we'll be back in just a few minutes. This is WPFW 89.3 FM, the American Indian Indigenous Peoples Troops, Justice for All, the most dangerous show on radio. We'll be right back. I have a special message to all of you, my sisters and brothers, members of the human family that are listeners and supporters of the American Indian Indigenous Peoples Troops, and those of you that are supporters of WPFW. Although we are going through this pandemic, WPFW is not broken. However, we need your money to help us stay on the air and keep it running. So please go to WPFWFM.org. Or call 800-222-9739 or 202-588-9739. Those numbers are again 800-222-9739 or 202-588-9739 and make a financial donation to your station, our station. So go to your phone or your computer and make that pledge now. Thank you. Welcome back to the most dangerous show on radio, WPFW, the American Indian Indigenous Peoples' Troops, Justice for All. And I do mean justice for all. My guest today is my kola, or friend, brother, from out in South Dakota, Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, Alex Whitebroom. And I look upon Alex as being a hero of the people. He may not want me to say that, you know, because... All of us are heroes and our women are sheroes of the people, but I got a lot of respect for him. He's my friend, Alex Whitefroome. Hey, Alex.
2: Hi, oh, Jay. Thank you for saying that. It makes me <laughs> feel good. But, but I want to just share with you that I strived all my life to become an Iqchewi chasha.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And Iqchewi chasha means to become a common man. And, and in America, a common man uh, represents poverty, somebody that's naive and. But in Lakota, a common man means that you attained all, you did all. I could sit and meet with the President of the United States or high-priced lawyers, or I could go sit in the back alley and talk with my cousins. And, and I reached that point, and I'm just proud of my status as a common man. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
2: Well,
0: Alex, we thank got... Thank you, Jay, for saying that. Oh, you're very welcome, Alex. You know, you're deserving of it. Um, Alex, we got a serious problem in Indian country, the missing and murdered indigenous women and very little attention being paid to it by state governments, state law enforcement, local governments, local police departments, and even the federal government. And uh, this, uh, I'm trying to be nice, Alex, I'm trying to be nice, but this idiot in the White House uh, had the nerve to introduce a bill and say, well, it's about time we do something about it. And that was nothing but window dressing. Haven't heard anything else about it since he introduced the bill. Um, exactly. Alex, I know, especially in, in Lakota territories, there have been some missing and murdered indigenous women. Um, and up in North Dakota, around the Mandan, Hadasta, and Arikara people, they've had some missing and, and, and murdered indigenous women. Well, actually, all over America, Canada and other parts of the Western Hemisphere. This problem continues to prevail, and nobody's doing anything about it. What do you think the remedy to that is, brother?
2: Oh, uh, that's really takes uh, me right in the heart because we, 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 right here in my community, we have a young girl that's never came back, and uh, I'd go check the mail every day, and I'd see her mom walking, and she'd stop, and she'd walk the car coming down the road.
0: Hmm. You still there, I should say.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then she would say, maybe that's my girl coming back.
0: Yeah, that's a heartbreaking thing. Um, And for, you know, Indian people to go to um, the authorities outside of the reservation, you know, be forced to do that instead of uh, dealing with the police that's on the reservation and getting the doors turned in in their face, slammed in their Mm -hmm. faces, you know. and
2: Yeah what well, what happened was all our women realized this, so they're standing up and they started movements, and today there's a ceremony for missing women, and so all living women they take a handprint and they put it on their face mm-hmm. and red dresses that represents their mission women, and they're all indigenous women, and so um it's it's really difficult to live with that every day
0: absolutely nothing's
2: being done and the, the handprint represents the silence the way they don't recognize our voice the american people don't recognize our voice so uh, i'm really uh, proud of our women for doing that and i support them any way i can and i, I dislike people mistreating women in any fashion and i train my little brothers my all oh, my nephews and now my grandsons if you see somebody mistreating treating a woman they'll take violent action against that man for mistreating a woman. So we almost have all the violence here in our community, and we're trying to go out to other little communities to bring that kind of a attitude and mentality to protect our women. If we don't have sovereign women, we have no society as Lakota people. We're matriarchal. And so the hearts of our women today is on the ground. And as men, we have to build up their esteem and stand them up. That we can be truly sovereign indigenous peoples
0: again that's so true, Alex. Um, I remember when I was growing up, I grew up under some very strong women, although my my mom and dad were still together, but I would remember my mother and grandma and my aunties and 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 how they would sit around and talk about this is how we're going to do this, this is how we should do that. Um, but before the invaders came here. The women were always in charge, and the only reason why um, men were elected to office as the chief or the chairman or the president is because the white man coming across the Atlantic Ocean, he didn't want to talk to any woman in charge of anything, so the women elected the men to put him in office, but they also told him that if you don't do the will of the people and listen to the people, then we'll take you out of office, and and, and they did yeah. it a lot of times, especially...
2: In our, in our, in our clan, I'm a nunchah. Uh-huh. And that's the head of the bloodline. I'm the eldest male in my family. So my sisters and all the women posted me up here in that position. But the interpretation of a Nuncha or the main leader, is a, a interpreter of the breath. The breath is soul. So it's my role to build consensus among all my brothers and sisters and the whole family. And I take that breath, and I said, okay, this is the way we say it. Because when you speak, you, you, your breath comes out with that noise, that voice. And the universe, anything around you, will hear that. So uh, that's our form of leadership. And, uh, but in the white man, when he first came, he couldn't talk to the real leaders because that's what we do. We have to be, get consensus, and they were impatient. So what they did was they came up with this word called chief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're a chief you're a chief you're a chief and he'll have them sign a paper and then they think that that's what the people wanted but they don't understand that they never got a consensus of what the people really felt like and that's where the genocide comes in i was asked the genocide and then at the same time they had guns pointed at us so the men they called chiefs took it seriously all of a sudden their decision makers and a lot of them didn't even qualify for that post and, and and all of a sudden, they're enjoying this newfound freedom, the American way. And so they, they, what they caused was confusion, uh, inner turmoil. And clear up to today, we still have chiefs. Actually, on Pine Ridge Reservation, we have more chiefs than the child And they call themselves bonnet <laughs> wearers. <laughs> it, 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 but they don't have their family support. They don't build solidarity. Uh, I'll give you an example of that. Uh, last weekend, some of our kids came in from our park. We built a family park, and just about 10 years ago, we opened it up for public. And it used to be just for our grandkids. And here, we found some uh, bloody needles and some broken light bulbs. And our family park, are right here. We live way out in the country. And, and so my little brother and I, we shut down our park for public. No more public could use that. And so we walked every inch of it to make sure there's no dangerous paraphernalia and uh, we're, we're, we're keeping it close for another month to kind of sterilize it before we all to go back in there. So that's an act of a thirst fire. We all come together and we're all concerned with each other. Of course, not one member of my family has a job, but he will still exist and survive somehow. But that's an example of what a child should do is build a consensus and keep the family whole. Uh, the white right man's the way, one man, one vote, uh, that's their way. Uh, they believe in a Bible that's 2,027 years old, and, and that those words in those Bible never shift with the change. They never change with the environment the way it's supposed to be. So they're stuck with a mentality that's 2,000 years behind us, uh, and and yet they won't listen to us. They won't give us one ounce of credibility on, on how we see things, the way life should go. And that's my opinion.
0: I'm not a PhD. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You're a very smart and wise man. Um Alex, let me let me let me just bring something else into this conversation. We had something before the white man came with his diseases that uh we use for healing and it's called the lodge. And you know, even though they said, you know, you shouldn't gather together, well, I don't listen to that mess anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I have a looking horse and then a crow dog. I think I told you this before. About 18 years ago, when I went on the air 20 years, I've been on the air for a couple of, couple of uh, years then. Gee, um, that's a long time. I'm telling it you, it's is. 20 years, man, 20 years. But... When Frank King, I think you know him from Rosebud, was named, yeah, a, tr- yeah. Yeah, was named a, a treaty chief. You know, Frank's one of my good friends. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And, and, and my name came up in the conversation. And, uh, uh-huh. and, 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 and Arville said, well, you know, Jay Nightwolf, he said, yeah, every time I go to Washington, I stay at his house and eat his food. He said, well, I want you to take the authority of the sweat lodge to him. Frank told him I don't uh-huh. think he said, I don't think he's gonna do that. He says, if I ask him to, he will. So Frank, I don't Frank came out two weeks later after he was named a treaty chief. He says, uh, open the door up night, Wolf. It's cold out here. I said, okay. He said, open the door. And he says, I come to bring you the sweat lodge authority. I said, Frank, I told you I'm not doing it. I said, with everything I'm doing, I don't have time to be a sweat lodge keeper. He said, with well, Arvo looking horse, I'll get him on my cell phone. I said, I don't need you to call Arvo. So I picked up my phone to call Arvo. And uh, it was like, hey, cola. He said, yo, yeah. He said, is this you, Night Wolf? I said, yeah. He said, did Frank bring that authority out there to you yet? Conversation was over. <laughs> You don't yeah, say okay. you don't you don't, okay. you don't, you don't say no to Arvil or Lynette Crowdog about anything. If they ask you to do it, you do it, and it's been a great blessing okay. to us. But the heat uh, the heat inside of that sweat lodge because the viruses die; they can't live in the heat. I've been thinking about doing a sweat lodge in a couple of weeks, and um, uh-huh. <clears throat> what do you think of that?
2: I think if you live in the city, uh, you're not really drinking the pure water. They got all kinds of stuff they put in that water, I guess, to kill viruses so you could drink it safe. So before you pour that on sacred rocks, where you take it in, uh, I would purify all that stuff they mixed in it to keep you healthy. And then you'll go in there and you'll get a pure, healthy uh, immunity from the rocks. So that's the only danger about living in a city if you're not drinking real water.
0: Well, my water's ran through three different purification systems in my house. When Uh When it comes in my house, it hits two different purification systems, and then the third one, it goes through a Kagan water system. It takes everything out uh-huh. that don't belong in there. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm thinking that uh, maybe it's time for us to light the rocks up in a couple of weeks. Yeah,
2: yeah. it is. Yeah. It is. I think we all need to have a common purpose is to pray for Mother Earth. So, like Ivo Morales said, uh, Mother Earth has a right, just like a human right. But at the same time I don't I'm scared to use that word human. Do you know what that human means in the Black's Law Dictionary?
0: Uh-huh. No, tell me.
2: Human means human means a sea monster. <laughs> if you don't believe me, read Black's Law Dictionary. So then I looked in the dictionary what a sea monster was and it said, People that should not own property. So if mm-hmm. you consider yourself a human being, you're a sea monster that you shouldn't own property. And so uh, I learned these words when I was doing the hemp wars, I was trying to get hemp legal. And that was one of the things I ran across, and I thought it was real interesting. So, But yeah, we have to bring everybody together back to a different culture, a different way. Um, I think the Catholic Church is been dominating around the world and there's 1.3 billion of them, and then there's 1.9 billion Muslims who <laughs> are uh-huh. still having holy wars, and that has to come to a stop, and um, if people have some different rituals and ceremonies that they strongly believe in, and that's how the origin started, I think they should be respected. But I think that the, the people that read the Bible and interpret that, uh, they need to find spirit, a spirituality, because that's a religion. Religion is organized, and Uh, My grandfather was a priest for 56 years, and he told me that means grandson. He said, if a a group of people organize and they write their rules down, that becomes a cult. Mm. But these people who do that look at us and say, all those Indians are having a cult. They're not cult-like activities. So even their interpretation is wrong.
0: Right. Absolutely. I have a special message to all of you, my sisters and brothers, members of the human family that are listeners and supporters of the American Indian Indigenous Peoples Troops, and those of you that are supporters of WPFW. Although we are going through this pandemic, WPFW is not broken. However, we need your money to help us stay on the air and keep it running. So please go to WPFWFM.org. Or call 800-222-9739 or 202-588-9739. Those numbers are again 800-222-9739 or 202-588-9739. And make a financial donation to your station, our station. So go to your phone or your computer and make that pledge now. Thank you. So, Alex, it's been an honor to have you on the show with me again, and can I call you again sometime soon?
2: Oh, well, I enjoy talking with you, Jay. It's good. I live out in the country, and I live out here with my grandchildren, and uh, it's an exciting, them. but it's good to speak to another adult every now and then.
0: <laughs> Alex, you know... Uh, <laughs> Fool's Crow Sundance is coming up soon on Pine Ridge. And and, uh-huh. and hopefully when this thing clears, uh, I've been invited to come to that Sundance and, and I'll get a chance to see you when I come out. Oh, today. yeah.
2: I'll, 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 if I know you're coming, I'll drive over. That's a couple hours' drive from my house.
0: Thank you, Alex. Kola, uh-huh. you, you. I love you, bro. You take care. As we come to the end of this broadcast, I was so happy to have an opportunity to again talk to my friend, Alex Whitebroom, a Lakota Indian, a leader in many ways, a man that stands up for his people and for his principles and his spirituality, and I'm also honored to have had another time to talk to him. I have a message for all of you, my brothers of, of all different colors. It's time for you to stand up for whoever your people are. It's time for you to make righteous decisions. It's time for you to take in consideration why you are here on this planet. You are the protectors, you are the warriors. And if somebody in your community is doing wrong and hurting the people in your community, then it's your responsibility to stand up and take charge. And even if you have to neutralize them, you have to do what you have to do. Protect your people. Love your children. Respect your wives. Respect your mother. Both of them. Your mother that brought you into this world and your mother, grandmother of the earth. Protect her. And this has nothing to do with color. My grandfathers were right when they would say to us, it's not about the color of your skin or the color of your eyes. It's not about the texture of your hair or the clothes you wear. It's not about your culture or your traditions. It's not about the food you eat. What it's really all about is how you treat my heart. Until the next time I talk to you, this is Jay Winter Nightwolf and I will leave you with these words Danada Go'ai Wado And remember, if you want to continue to hear the Nightwolf broadcast on WPFW, help us out. I know we're going through this very serious crisis of the pandemic of COVID-19. But if you have a little bit of extra change or a couple extra dollars, make a donation to WPFW on behalf of the Night Wolf Show. Pick up the phone and call 1-800-222-9739 or 202-588-9739. Let me repeat those numbers again. 1-800-222-9739 or 202-588-9739 and make a donation to WPFW. Or go to your computer now and type in wpfwfm.org and click on donate now. I'll talk to you again next week. I love you all, all of you, even those of you that make it almost impossible to love. I love you anyway. Nanada Goai Wado.
4: the white man wants to live in peace with the Indian. He can live in peace. There need be no trouble. Treat all men alike. Give them all the same law. Give them all an even chance to live and grow. You might as well expect the rivers to run backward, as that any man who was born a free man should be contented when penned up and denied liberty to go where he pleases. We only ask an even chance to live as other men live. We ask to be recognized as men. Let me be a free man, free to travel, free to stop, free to work, free to choose my own teachers free to follow the religion of my fathers, free to think and talk and act for myself. And so I say to America, I want you to remember our past. This past will give you direction for the future. Just as our people in our past, we are the spirit of the future. The spirit of this land lies rooted in the history of native people. The massacres that happened to us, the army that came, took our land, and killed our people did not destroy our vision for a strong future.
5: So young and old they told, how they are to chase. The-